If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, August 17th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is the force that is Gary Witta. I haven't heard that intro in a while. It's been it's been too long since we last hosted together, Bless. We definitely don't host together enough. Are you drinking coffee? That is my first I've, question. I've, I've got some iced coffee, yes. Okay. Is coffee usually your go-to? Um, yeah, I need a little I'm I, I'm of an age where I, I need a little I need a little chemical. I need something. I need some okay. some kind of boost in the morning. Don't we all? Yeah. That's been my that's been my back and forth that I've been struggling with. Not only the last year and a half since hosting KFGD, but especially within the last couple of weeks, because I tried to go back to tea. I try to do tea in the mornings, and it just doesn't give me the same boost. But coffee almost gives me too much of a boost, so I'm trying to find a happy medium, and I've not been. What do you able got? What do you got right there? What is that from McDonald's? You're rocking. This is uh, McDonald's iced coffee. Oh Caramel yeah, so flavor. I've got I've no got cream. the iced coffee, but I've got the I've got the cream and the cream and sugar in here as well. Because I did you make that iced coffee, or is that is that iced coffee that you got from McDonald's and poured into a glass? I mean, it's, 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 it's iced coffee black that I made that I got from the supermarket and then I put okay. my own cream and sugar in it. Okay. Now, Gary, how do you like your coffee? Usually blessing. I, I don't have a big preference. Usually I do go for iced coffee just cause I, I like the sweetness. I like the, I like the sugar. I, I like going, uh, I, I like hitting up Starbucks and, and, and McDonald's. I like the ritual of, you know, actually driving to a place and picking up my coffee and bringing it back. Uh, mm -hmm. but I usually won't take cream in my, in my coffee. That's kind of my, my line because I am lactose intolerant. And I'm trying to take care of myself. Uh, okay, I will do enough. black with sugar in it. Yeah. You? you like you like your coffee like you like yourself. Black and sweet. Hell yeah. There it is, Gary. There it is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Now, Gary, this is a very special episode of KFGD, and I want to ask you, do you know why? No, tell me. Enlighten me. I'm not gonna tell you until we reach the end of the show. And I want people okay. in chat to ruminate. I want you to think about it during the show. This is a very, very special episode of Kind of Funny Games Day. Can you give us a hint? No. If I gave you a hint, a clue, you gotta give us something to go on. It could be anything. Is it like an anniversary episode of yours or something? Not of mine. Is it like a hundred, like a hundredth episode or something? Keep thinking in that direction. Can we, okay. I, I, guess? Can we guess? Yeah, go go for it. I'm not gonna tell you if you're right or wrong. Is, the, is this the wait? Why? Well, then what's the point of guessing? I'll t I'll tell you at the I'll tell you at the end if you're right or wrong. I just want I'm I want people to, to sit and think is about it, it. Is it is it special because it's something to do with you in particular? No, no. Is okay, so it's not it's not okay. Yeah, is, we'll it like the, is it like the I thousand fucking nailed it. I nailed his ass. Look at him. We'll I nailed see. the shit out oh, of you him. Is sit it like is it like my it? is it like my one hundred? I can't believe that you'd be tracking this though. You don't know how many. Oh episodes. no, no. no. There's people that I've track done. this sort of thing. Really? Angels out there. Oh yeah. There's yeah, there, there 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 are definitely some uh, some uh, kind of funny ultras out there who are going to have those stats, right? Ultras. 
1,000%. Kenny dribbling, Blue dribbling down every statistic in that little chicken scratch writing. You see how quickly he knew that? A huge pile of notebooks. You how quickly he knew that? No, Kenny Blue in the community is the one that used Because he's written in while I've been on the show before, tracking uh, our 100 right. episodes. No so bullshit. He, we liar. do have people. We, we do have. Everyone cheers in the crowd. We did Listen, it. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you what the special occasion is at the end of the episode. But for now, let's talk about Sea of Thieves being super popular, Outrider sales being a mystery, and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, a new PS I Love You XOXO is up right now. Uh, it's me, it's Greg, it's Janet Garcia talking all about the PlayStation game of the year so far. We discuss games like Returnal, Chicory, Ratchet and & Clank, and everything, every big PlayStation release under the sun this year. Uh, that's up right now on YouTube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Tomorrow at 6 a.m. Pacific time, uh, we got a crew waking up early to react to that Pokemon presentation going down where we'll be talking about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl and also Pokemon Legends Arceus. And so wake up bright and early, wipe those eyes and tune in to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games so you can see us entirely react to that. And then this week's Gamescast is coming out on Thursday morning and will be your Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut review. So get hyped for that. Thank you to our Patreon producer. Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Canva, HBO Max, and KiwiCo, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Six stories on this very special episode of KFGD that may or may not be our thousandth episode. Who knows? Who knows? None of us Why know here. None of kids? us know. Why would you just it's, it's so tell them, He's keeping us in suspense, Kevin. He knows how I'll to tell keep them at the, the end of the episode. Watching until the very end. I know you're not in suspense because, Gary, you don't handle suspense well. You freak out. I, ha I actually handle suspense remarkably well, Kevin. No, that's not true. I've seen you. I've seen it. <laughs> The audience is in suspense. Chad is in suspense. They have no idea what's coming. Is it the some thousand episode? Nobody knows what's going on. Is this on. Kevin's uh, work anniversary? We'll see at the end of the episode. No, that's in February. I mean, it could, it could just be that it's special because it's the first episode where Blessing is rocking this incredible shadow bling. That thank he you, thank up, you. That was actually which I'm very, very envious of, by the way. I did. I did rock this yesterday. It was me and Tim. We walked. He oh, I rocked okay. the shadow. He rocked this the Sonic. But this is the first time I'm rocking it with my uh, my bomber jacket and in the the Heather Gray shirt. And let me tell you, I I said this before the show, and Kevin and, and Roger disagreed with me. But this shadow the hedgehog bling makes all my outfits ten times better, and they cannot. Oh, I think, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Story number one of the Roper Report, Sea of Thieves is the most popular it's ever been. This is from the Sea of Thieves blog. It's been over a month since we released Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life, into the wild blue yonder as part of season three. And since that emotional launch day, we've been bold, bold over by the response from the Sea of Thieves community. From your reactions on social media to your fan art and stories of exploring the five new tall tales, it's been amazing. And all this excitement resulted in our busiest ever month on the seas, with June seeing 4.8 million active pirates out on the water. There's more to the story. I want to take a pause there and ask you, Gary, what a, I, you are, you're into Sea of Thieves, right? Like that is, that is your kind of game. 
Uh, no. In fact, the funny thing, oh, thing about okay. this story is I just finally uninstalled Sea of Thieves yesterday because I finally decided that I'm just never going to play it. I'm tired of saying, oh, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. We're going to get around to it. I just, I finally kind of, I, I sat, I had a conversation with myself yesterday and like, Gary, who are you kidding? You're never going to play Sea of Thieves. Gary, it's a lot it's, of It's fun. taking up space on your hard drive. It's gone as of yesterday. You, so were, you were trying to get into more it though, popular for a while, than ever, but no thanks to me. You're trying to get into it though. I remember I remember you like I trying was. to a crew of pirates to I was sail the this seas. This close with. to putting together a crew with Snowbike Mike and Greg on a stream a couple of months ago and I had some technical problems with the Xbox uh, streaming side of it. Hmm. Uh, I since cleared that up and I got it reinstalled. I actually had it in installed both as a PC and an Xbox version, you know, cuz Game Pass Ultimate you get all of it. Um, and I just, I don't know. It just, the, the excitement's not there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a very good game, but there's a, this is the biggest problem that we're having right now. Blessing. And it's a, it's a champagne problem for sure. But we were talking about this, Mike and I were talking about this in Barrett on the uh, X cast this past Friday. There's too much good stuff out there right now, Blake. There's only so many hours in the day and there are too many high quality games vying for our attention. When I sit down, I'm like, let me start a new game. I've got seven, eight, nine absolute bangers all saying, play me, play me, play me. How do you even, how do you pick one? It's, 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 again, it's a great problem to have, but it is nevertheless a problem. And yeah. my feeling was that Sea of Thieves was just not going to break through all of that and, and, and emerge as the top contender for the next game I'm going to play. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that, Gary, especially now that we're in August. I've had the thing where I've been bouncing back and forth between a ton of games and we are surprisingly here we're at we're in review season where there are a bunch of different games that we have that are about to release that we're we're trying to get in for review but at the same time I want to play games like Apex cuz Apex is in its new season. I want to get back to GTA Online because they had the 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 uh, Los Santos Tuners update that I liked a lot yep. that I yep. only got to play for about a week and a half. And then there are other games like uh, Hundreds Arena Legends which I got to play for a little bit because I was out with PS Plus but then so many games came by and I felt like I had to kind of ping pong uh, back and forth. And I'm at the place now where I'm very much picking and choosing. Like there's the game uh, Dodgeball Academia that I love so much that I only got to play uh, a bit over half of. And I want to return to that. Whereas there, there's just a long list, right? Blessing Super Fun Games Calendar, which I, I, I update regularly, is just expanding as we go. But coming back to Sea of Thieves... For 4.8 million players, right? Like, how does how does that sit with you? Are you at all surprised with your with your experience with Sea of Thieves? Are you surprised that the game is as popular as it is, and seemingly getting more popular as they're releasing these new updates? I think a little bit because beyond all of the marketing and the you know, Microsoft always tries to make a lot of, lot of noise around Sea of Thieves. This kind of Jack Sparrow update they did obviously got a lot of eyes on it. And they're constantly pushing it. New updates are always. They, you know, there's a lot of marketing, publicity efforts that Microsoft put into it. Beyond that, but again, you know, it's it's because I'm not in that world. I don't see a lot of organic conversation about Sea of Thieves. It doesn't. It's not like a game that seems like it's in the zeitgeist, in the conversation a lot. But that doesn't mean that people aren't playing it. It's a it's a sleeper hit, right? It's it's a game that a lot of people are playing. But I feel like unless you're actually in that community. In that world, it's not necessarily a game that you're going to hear a lot about. But that's fine. Microsoft looking at these numbers, we don't care if you know people. People aren't you know talking about it everywhere. As long as people are playing it and in those communities, I'm sure there is a lot of conversation. It's just it's just not when I'm scrolling through Twitter or looking at game news or whatever. Sea of Thieves is not popping off all the time. 
Yeah, I want to I want to uh, get back into this article because I paused early because I wanted to talk about the numbers, but they still have a lot more to say. So they continue. Of course, the CFU's team have also been listening to your feedback and working hard to improve and balance the gameplay throughout the new Tall Tales. With a string of downloadable hotfixes released since Season 3's launch, and our August update continues to make improvements across the board. Our player support has been invaluable in helping us determine what to focus on as you continue to fine-tune the whole Sea of Thieves experience. If you're fully invested in living the pirate life after journeying with Jack Sparrow, a whole new a whole world of adventure awaits. And there are so many places to go. Here are just a few of the exciting things that you can keep in mind for your next sail. Eleven previously established tall tales that see you exploring not only the islands within the, within the Devil's Shroud, but beyond, journeying through history and legend to find out more about the colorful characters that call the Sea of Thieves their home. New seasonal trials introduced in each season, with Season 3's selection encouraging ex exploration of those earlier tall tales. Check them out to boost your seasonal progression and unlock rewards on the way to level 100. Engaging world, world events that affect Sea of Thieves' shared world, like battles with the Spectral Armada of Captain Flameheart or the appearances of challenging Ashen Lords. Skeleton forts filled with skeletons to conquer and treasure to plunder. From the haunted fort of the damned to loot-laden forts of fortune. Trading company voyages, including all the new additions from the last year of free content updates from Sunken Plunder, waiting to be recovered from the Merchant uh, merchant Alliance's lost shipments to the Gold Hoarders, uh, Treasure Vault voyages that give you a golden wayfinder compass and send you off in search of a big score. And then tales of legendary pirates and achievements inspired by real players, all of which can be uncovered by tracking down Umbra's Legends of the, uh, of the Sea. And Gary, we talk about how much uh house house sea of thieves is very much a game that is geared toward the fans of that game right like for us who aren't as tuned into it right like i read i read all of that and i was like i understood some of those words most of those yeah, words i was I gonna say understand. i barely understood a word of that yeah i don't play sea of thieves but like i think that is the telltale sign of oh they are they have a community that they're speaking to that are reading through this and are probably getting excited about each of these things to some extent right like it, it, it's super awesome that when I jumped into Sea of Thieves at its launch, I played it for a little bit and immediately fell off because I felt like the content wasn't there. I wasn't I wasn't interested in the flow of the game. I was interested in the actual gameplay mechanics. I just I completely wasn't into it. But it seems like over the years the game has evolved and not necessarily changed. Like I don't think they've changed their uh like their roadmap or change or changed their vision for the game. I think it's the thing of them fulfilling that vision and creating a game that is really speaking to what they want the Sea of Thieves experience to be. And Kevin, I know that you jumped into Sea of Thieves. Like, for you, are you are you still in it? Are you still playing? And are you excited to jump back in at some point? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, no. I would be down to jump back in, but, like, I played it, like, twice on stream. I had a lot of fun. Turns out, Gary, mm -hmm. I'm a natural-born captain. Are you? you know? Yeah, we picked You're, Greg. A born leader. I was gonna say I never watched the streams. Was was Greg not the captain of those streams? He he, he was, was originally, like but let me tell you, that man can helm a ship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He just doesn't have the gusto to to pre-plan and be like, no, 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 drop what you're doing, Michael. Go down there and fix the holes. Mm -hmm. Did you consider mutinying? Because that I would watch that content. Uh, in a lot of ways, I did. I stood next to him and I told him um, <laughs> this wasn't his place. And he, he stood down and then worked the sails. He worked the sails very well. A good salesman. A great seaman, if mm. you would. A but he's a, natural, he's a natural leader in real life, right? He's taken kind of funny to these, these heights. Put him on a boat and he loses why, all his why, powers, yeah, why does that not? Why does that not? Why do those leadership 
uh, qualities not translate onto a pirate ship. You gotta be thinking, when am I gonna drop this anchor? Do I have someone ready to open the sails? There's just a lot of little planning. Kevin is a very practical person. When it comes Mm -hmm. to things like that, of like how to make a big ship moves that is something that kevin will figure out and i think will be very practical about in a way that greg miller his leadership ability comes from his charisma he's a, he's able to inspire people he's you able he's, he's able to be a personality some open, some sales open, you know? exactly you can't you can't charisma a boat a boat a boat doesn't even know, fuck you, about what you, you i don't know say. i think like when you're a pirate having charisma is is part of the package right yeah, but like, I, I as a as a captain, I think you have to know. I, Kevin, Kevin makes a good point that Kevin knows the mechanics, whereas Kevin or whereas Greg, I think, might be able to be like the co-captain and be like the 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 the, the person that people look to for inspiration. But Kevin's the person that gets things done, right? Like Kevin actually knows what's happening. Kevin's doing the work behind the scenes. He's the guy that's put, pushing the. the ones I can and see zeros. that. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy that actually keeps you know the trains running on time. No, I I, Kev- I get it. Kevin, did but, you but, ever tell Greg that you're that you are the captain now? Like, did you ever look him in the I, eye and be I like, no, "I am the captain"? I, dr- I dramatically walked up to him and I was like, "You're a captain no <laughs> more. Move aside." Good for you. I uh, getting back to your point though, blessing. Like I said, when when you were listing that very very impressive list of of content updates and new features, yeah, I, you sounded like the teacher from Peanuts to me. Wah, 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 wah. I didn't understand a word mm-hmm. of it because again, because I don't play Sea of Thieves. I'm sure. People who do play Sea of Thieves are like frothing at the mouth of all this content because they understand what it means. Uh, you and I don't. Um, but in a but in a general sense, what I think it is doing is illustrating uh, the problem and also the opportunity with these service games, which is you got to keep the the content coming, right? The, the the people, these players are are hungry for it, whether it's Destiny or Warcraft or Avengers or Sea of Thieves or any any one of these ongoing games where you got to keep dropping the content. Um, you know, it's 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 a never-ending battle to keep these you know very content-hungry players sated, right? They just they're always looking for like the next thing. They burn through the content that you drop super super fast, and like, okay, what do you, what what's next? And it also it's also kind of a weird self-fulfilling prophecy. Like when you've got a game, for example, that's struggling a little bit, like Avengers, right? It, I, it can it can be hard to justify putting the resources into the next big content drop that might, you know, like the Wakanda thing, right? It could turn that mm-hmm. game around or it could just be throwing, you know, good money after bad because, you know, the player base has already, you know, largely abandoned it. With Sea of Thieves, it's a little bit easier because you've got a very, very big player base, right? And so the and so, and, and so the incentive is there to keep, so you want to keep them engaged. And so the incentive is there to keep, you know, providing the content we've only got like 500 people playing your game it's like man i'm busting my ass for a game for this Mm -hmm. update that virtually no one's going to play and it's probably not going to turn this doomed ship around but when you've got a very healthy game like sea of thieves clearly is based on these numbers i think it's probably you know a happier you know time at rare for them to be you know developing that new content and just you know success breeds success just like you know failure breeds failure so this is an interesting thing with these um service games it's not just in what kind of shape is the game at launch it's like uh, what kind of what kind of shape can we keep the game in on an ongoing basis where it's this constant race to keep providing content for players who always want you know the next experience exactly and i want to i want to mention two things to grant even some more context to these numbers right like it's important to point out that this game being an xbox first first party game it is on game pass which is very important and very I, i think very critical to how sea of thieves is performing and the success of Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is the perfect Game Pass game. The fact that anybody who has uh, Xbox Game Pass can op- boot up their console or boot up their PC and go, all right, yeah, I'll try this game out and then possibly fall in love with it like somebody like Kevin or, or, or Greg right down the line. I think that is, is very special for it. But then also, 
it's impressive that this is a game that is only available on Xbox and PC, right? Like this isn't on the uh, PlayStation, which is the most popular platform. This is on Switch, which is which is the most which is the fastest selling pl- uh, platform right now. This is this is on Xbox and PC, and it's doing these kinds of numbers uh, while being on just that just those platforms, which. You know, I think is is impressive even with Game Pass, and so and, uh, yeah, and this is what I mean about well. the game being being strangely kind of low key in its in its profile, right? Anytime you get into a conversation with someone about like, okay, well, like, but okay, what are the but what are the what are the exclusives on Xbox? And you go, well, you know, of course, Halo and Forza and Gears of War, and you name these things, but you but it's not Sea of Thieves doesn't like jump into my head. It's like, oh, that's a great Xbox exclusive, but it is right. You can see it's hugely popular. People really really like it. It's got a massive community. They're doing a great job supporting it there's nothing else like it out there on any platform and uh it's and and it's a it's an xbox it's a game pass exclusive so you know it's definitely part of microsoft's portfolio of things when they say hey come to xbox and you can play these games you can't get any place else sea of thieves is one of them we just uh, for some reason we don't think of it on that level it's just it's just mm-hmm. kind of chugging away keeping its fan base very happy but it's not something that i feel like is constantly breaking through into the broader conversation do you know what i mean yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Now, speaking of Xbox Game Pass, story number two: people can fly. The Outriders developers don't know how much Outriders sold. This is from Joe Scrabbles at IGN. Outriders developer People Can Fly says it doesn't know how many copies of the game has sold and hasn't earned any royalties from the game, suggesting it hasn't yet been profitable for publisher Square Enix. Announced on the developer's investors' website, People Can Fly explained that the agreement with Square Enix meant it would receive any royalties for the game's first quarter on sale on sale by August 16th, 2021. No funds were transferred, which People Can Fly suggests means that, quote, according to the publisher, the revenues from the sale of the game are lower than the total costs of its production, distribution, and promotion, end quote. People Can Fly executive Sebastian Wojciechowski added that the company had no firm data for the co- for the copy sold. "Quote: We don't have any sales figures for Outriders. We estimate it at between two and three million units, and assume that this was a result, or assume that this was a result that would ensure profitability for this project in the first quarter of sales. The lack of payment by the publisher probably means that, according to Square Enix, this is not the case." End quote. Wojciechowski also suggests that the lack of profitability could be caused by the publisher, including distribution partnerships, the game was launched into Xbox Xbox Game Pass, for example, or that Square Enix spent more than expected on releasing the game. It wouldn't be a unique situation for Square Enix. Last year, the publisher announced that Marvel's Avengers had failed to recoup its development costs a few months after launch. Wojciechowski added that the game was still being worked on. People Can Fly expects more promotional work from Square Enix and that, quote, the sales tale of the Outriders game is ahead of us, end quote. As a result, the company expects expects royalties to begin later this year. Gary, is it surprising to you that the uh, Outriders may not have already been recouping its its cost of, of development? Well, on the face publishing. of it, no, it's no. On the face of it, no, it's not that surprising because we're not seeing any evidence that the game, beyond uh, you know a, a, an initial flurry of excitement right around the launch window, which almost every big game has, regardless, right? There's always a week when everyone's at least trying it out. Everyone on Twitch is like checking it out. People are playing it. I remember a lot of my streamer friends were playing it for a couple of weeks. I know the kind of funny people were really, you know, really into it for for a couple of weeks. But then, like the question, the, the big question, of course, is: Is it sticky? 
does it stick around beyond that initial couple of weeks? Like, are you going to keep playing it? And we're not seeing a lot of evidence that, right? Who's talking about Outriders, you know, right now? I don't see any, I, I don't see that in the conversation at all right now. And even though, you know, these, the numbers are often opaque, right? It's not, you, you can't, you, there's no, unless they choose to release the numbers and if they're bad, they probably won't. There's no way to know how many people are playing on Xbox or PlayStation or whatever right now. But you can go on PC and you can see exactly how many, like exactly how many people are playing on Steam at any given time, and and oftentimes you can see the number. That's how we know that Avengers wasn't doing well because you could go and look at the Steam metrics and say, oh shit, like only like fifty three people in the world are playing this game right now. That's a made up number, but it was in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, this is that's not a good indicator. And I think that the Outriders has been struggling in a similar way. Now, beyond that, I don't want to sound cynical, but one of the things I know from my business in Hollywood is that just because they're not paying out royalties doesn't necessarily mean the the product was not successful. I'm sure you know a very familiar story, very famous story about Peter Jackson having to sue New Line Cinema over the Lord of the Rings because even though everyone on the planet who had eyes and ears could tell that the Lord of the Rings movies were phenomenally successful and made huge amounts of money, New Line were able to present basically a set of cooked books to to Peter Jackson saying, ah, but we didn't really make any money, so that profit-sharing agreement, we said, you, you, you don't really get any of that money. Um, because, you know, they, they basically made it look like they hadn't made any money. Peter Jackson took him to court over it because he knew it was bullshit. So, you know, cooking the books and trying to find ways to kind of massage the numbers so you don't have to pay out the people you entered into profit-sharing agreements with, that's not uncommon. But at the same time, Outliers ain't no Lord of the Rings, right? We, 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 mm-hmm. we, we know it's not doing super successful. and if it Because if it were, they'd be shouting about it. And if it were we'd see many more people playing it. Just anecdotally, our friends would be playing it. You'd be hearing about it on social media. There'd be articles about it all the time. But it's just, you know, after that initial two-week flurry of excitement, it just kind of went away. So, you know, I think Occam's razor probably applies here. You know, all things being equal, the simplest explanation is probably the right one. My guess is that it's not making a lot of money. And so that, and so, that, so it hasn't met whatever threshold um, for, uh, for Square to pay out the developers. Yeah, I would I would love to have seen their predictions in terms of what they expected Outriders to do long term. Because you mentioned them, you know, not shouting shouting out like, "Hey, you know, Outriders is, is selling like crazy. This game is super successful." At its launch, I remember them talking about the numbers. I remember Outriders being a thing for those two weeks where it was popping. Where right after they they released the demo, if you remember, they did they did the demo that people could download for free, and that that progress and transfer into the full game they talked about how that demo was downloaded a certain number of times a very impressive number of times and during the first few weeks of outriders i remember them them talking about hey like this is killing it i wonder if they thought long term those sales would continue and i wouldn't be surprised if yeah in those two weeks sales were above expectation but then past those two weeks they dived way more I mean, than they expected because yeah like conversation around it disappeared and outriders is very much not a live service game that was a one and done gear loot game that is a full price video game and i think what we see a lot with xbox game pass is with xbox game pass for many developers it's that surprise thing of oh this is actually helping us with sales because it's getting word out there so people that do have playstation or other platforms or don't have xbox game pass end up buying it anyway I wonder with Outriders if it's a different thing because with Outriders, that is a full price game that is harder to to, to convince people, especially if it's not a banger, right? Like Outriders was very was a good game. It wasn't an amazing game for people. So I wonder if the if the Xbox Game Pass, if that thing didn't work for it. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I would have thought that putting it on Game Pass or putting it on PlayStation Plus, giving people an opportunity to try, you know, to try at, you know, essentially no risk because it's already baked into the cost of that subscription is a great way to get people to sample it. But again, getting people to sample it is one thing. Like I talked about that two week window where a lot of people were playing it. But if it doesn't stick around, if it doesn't keep you coming back, that initial two week engagement is not going to count for very much. These these service games need to stick around long term. And for every Sea of Thieves, which has you know nearly five million players, you know uh, years after its launch, there's something like an Outriders, which burns very brightly at launch. If you remember, blessing the media narrative Wait, and but this game the media narrative is it, game of sorry service, what right? the game what? wasn't a game of service, right? Well, they said that, but it's but, but look, we, we you can call it what you want, but we all know it's one of those games. It's going to require like have, regular content updates to keep people interested, right? It, it's, it's it's not a, it's thing. not a game that it wasn't intended to be a game that you finish and then move on from. I don't think they want to keep. But, people I mean, playing but like it. they didn't make any like because there was no roadmap, so there was going to be no like there was no reason to keep. Yeah, no, no, no that's the, maybe they should have had yeah. a fucking roadmap. Maybe 100%. that's the problem. Yeah, I think that's but, the biggest so, issue. And because I remember the narrative around it, and the media narrative is not the be all and end all, but like you just looking at websites, looking at social media, look, looking at how many people are streaming it on Twitch. There are a ton of people streaming it on Twitch. I bet if you go right now and look, there's almost no one streaming it. And that's always a, a, a good, you know, that's become quite a good barometer. How many people are watching the game on Twitch? How many streamers are choosing to play it for their audience? Not very many, uh, I, I would wager. Um, and for the, but for those first two weeks, there was a really positive because it came out kind of came out of nowhere right it's not a big franchise game it's an original property uh people didn't really see it coming and it did it, it did make a bit of a splash when it landed people liked it and they thought oh, you know here's 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 one of these kind of games that actually gets a lot of things right that was the kind of the vibe i was getting from the from the media and the player reaction to it but then it started to turn right broken you know the weapons were broken the player base wasn't thrilled with um, bug, you know, they, they they rolled out bug fixes that actually made things work as I and made things worse, as I recall, and just people started to sour on it really quickly. And once that perception starts to change, it's really hard to win people back. You know, not every game can do that. No Man's Sky uh, redemption narrative, right? Most games don't. You only you only get one chance to make a first impression, and they made a very good first impression, but they didn't sustain it beyond that. And like I said. The problem right now is the 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 landscape is so competitive. It's not like it's not like the old days, right? When you were ten years old and you brought home your you know, one NES game that you'd saved up for, or you'd rented an NES game for the weekend, and it was shitty, but it was the one cartridge you had. So like, you'd better try and enjoy it, right? And that's why we tortured ourselves when we were kids playing shitty games because we didn't have a lot of choice. Now in the age of Game Pass and PlayStation Plus and Steam and games on demand, and there's so many great games out there right now, we don't have to tolerate shitty games. Go play something else that's better. And so you've got to make an impact. You've, you've, you've really got to put your best foot forward and impress players and do everything you can to keep them playing your games because there's just too many other options out there. I, 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 play, I check out games on Game Pass all the time. And if it doesn't stay, if I'm playing it for like half an hour, an hour, and I'm not feeling it, I'll just move on to something else. Life's too short. Time is the one commodity you can never get back. So wasting my time is like the one unforgivable thing in a video game. You get one chance, and then if you, if you blow it, I'm on to the next game. Gary, let's talk about story number three. 
Fortnite's new mode is basically Among Us. This is from Shem Gartenberg at The Verge. Fortnite Imposters is a new limited time game mode that's rolling out today, one that might sound a bit familiar to anyone who's played Among Us. Imposters puts players into two teams. One team with up to eight agents has a goal of maintaining the headquarters of one of Fortnite's secretive factions, the Imagined Order, by accomplishing various tasks. The other team of two imposters, Epic apparently couldn't be bothered to change the name, whose goal is to take out all the agents. At any point, if players find an eliminated player or see something too suspicious, they can call a meeting where players can discuss the events of the game and vote, vote off someone if they choose. The Fortnite version also cleverly uses the game's iconic emote to help the discussion, so you can literally point a finger at players who you suspect. In other words, it's a Fortnite version of Among Us, with the serial numbers slightly filed off. There are a few differences, of course, everything has been decked out in a Fortnite-themed veneer, with tasks like fixing the battle bus or preparing llama supply drops. Imposters don't kill players, but teleport them away into a rift. At any point, if players find an eliminated player or see something too suspicious, they can call a meeting, where players can discuss the events of the game and vote off someone if they choose. The Fortnite version also cleverly uses the game's iconic e- well, it looks like I copied and pasted that twice, but yeah, basically there's a Fortnite Among Us mode. <laughs> is what this is getting at uh, i think we talked about about something similarly uh at i want to say at the end of, of last year because i think there was a fan-made mode like a creative mode that people put out that fortnite promoted but this seems like it's a proper fortnite uh developed among us like like mode gary does that interest you i know you like among us i do like among us i don't i've never played fortnite it's not for me i couldn't honestly couldn't care less about fortnite i do th- just you know just as a as a neutral observer i do find this a bit um depressing but not but not surprising it's disappointing but it's not surprising don't forget this is the whole reason why fortnite is where it is today is plagiarizing other games i you know we all remember when fortnite first came out um in its original iteration when it, i think it was called like save fortnite save the world or something like that that's right it was a yeah. dead game it was mm-hmm. doa no i mean I, pl- I played it a little bit it's like, this is, no one's playing this it was dead and then but that was exactly around the same time that player unknown's battlegrounds was first popping off and someone at Epic uh, uh, looked at it and went, "Oh, well, maybe we should do that. Let's 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 copy that. Let's do a battle royale." And of course, the rest is history. Um, and now, and now they're doing it all over again with Among Us. And it's a, it's a little it's a bit depressing because, you know, the whole the whole thing that we saw last year with Epic kind of fighting Apple as though they were like somehow the champions of the little guy is ridiculous. Epic's not the little guy. Epic's one of those big guys now, mm-hmm. right? They've got more money than God. What are the what are the four people at Innersloth going to do? Sue them? They're going to they want to take on Epic's lawyers who are already taking on Apple. No, it's not going to happen. It's a bit, you know, we see companies, you know, these big companies do it all the time, like Microsoft or whatever, will just go, oh, that's a good idea, little developer. We'll just fucking steal that and good luck, you know, see you in court. Our lawyers are better than yours. So it's a bit depressing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it other than I just, you know, I, 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 find, I find this kind of thing uh, just a little bit unpalatable where, you know, mm. a, a small team like Innersloth um, you know, had one of one of the few true mega indie organic breakout hits, right? And, 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 and it's interesting, right? Because Among Us was kind of a dead game on arrival. Among Us came out in 2018. Oh, yeah. People weren't playing it. But it, ha- but it actually had an organic explosion of growth where some streamers started playing it and, and people started to cotton on to, oh, this is actually a really cool game. And next thing you know, 
it's hugely, hugely popular. But that was a li- that was the inner sloth is like the little team that could, and they've gone on to have tremendous success with that game. Yes, you can make the argument that Among Us is you know a, a, a copy of like Werewolf and Mafia and other imposter type games that are out there. But they put their own spin on it. They made it their own. It was a little plucky team of a handful of developers who have gone on to have tremendous success. And so it was perhaps inevitable that one of these like mega you know game companies was going to do this. And I think I think Fortnite will probably continue to do it. I I wouldn't be at all surprised if part of their official kind of roadmap business model uh, going forward is yeah we'll do the Ariana Grande concerts. Yeah we'll yeah yeah we'll basically become the Funko Pops of video game. We'll let every single pop culture icon that emerges. We'll put Superman in the game. We'll put Rick and Morty in the game. Regardless of whether or not it makes any sense, or if it's incongruous, or if it's just weird, we'll just we'll just back. You know, it's been, Fortnite's just going to become this like weird Ready Player One now, right? Where just all these different pop culture icons are all like smashing into each other for no narratively coherent reason at all. But it makes lots of money, so who cares? right on the epic side but i think that part of the plan as well is like we'll just sit around wait in the tall grass like any any time like an inner sloth or you know media you know media tonic comes along with the four guys or among us or like has a breakthrough concept we'll just rip it off slap it into Fortnite, give ourselves a content refresh and you know keep making money it's it's a very depressing extremely cynical uh business model but it's it's now baked into the the Fortnite formula Mm -hmm. Yeah, I go kind of back and forth on it because I think for me, when it comes to big trends in video games, I think so many people tend to try and adapt and try to find ways to to hop on whatever is hot. And so like PUBG came out and so many games did the Battle Royale thing, right? Like the... Like the Apex had a ping system. So many games adapted that afterwards. And I think there's definitely a spectrum in terms of being inspired trying to hop on a trend and then like the one for one thing and this is very much i think this falls in line with hey this is kind of one for one for among us which i do think is is unfortunate i do like the idea of fortnite and other games trying to have some kind of murder mystery mode or like deductive mystery mode because i love that right that's why i love yeah i loved the the multiplayer deductive true who's the killer kind of thing that is uh, among us has provided me so many hours of fun for that and i'd like to to play other games that are like that that's why i got so into clue this 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 last year um but I, I personally, for Fortnite, would have preferred them to try and make it their own thing or try to find a unique way to do it as opposed to doing a, hey, we're literally calling it imposters. It's literally going to be eight versus two. It is legitimately going to have the same format as as Among Us. I think that's where it gets a bit egregious. Yeah, and an Epic, an Epic can do that and completely brazenly because they're the biggest kid on the schoolyard, right? Who's going to step up to them? Um, and again, this it's not like Fortnite are unique at doing this. When After Among Us blew up, you can go onto Steam right now and find a dozen Among Us clones, right? Everyone, everyone's like, oh, let's jump onto that bandwagon. Look at what happened after, you know, PUBG wasn't even the first game to do Battle Royale. There was like H1Z1 and mods oh, for yeah. Armor 3 and things yeah. like that, where that idea actually originated. But now, but look how many, you know, uh, people have now, you know, also jumped onto the um, uh, Battle Royale train. Obviously, Warzone. Uh, and and what at least at least what I love about that trend is that that, that game companies have found ways to apply the battle royale concept in interesting ways. Like Fall Guys is a battle royale, Tetris ninety nine, Super Mario thirty five, and on and on it goes. That's actually turned out to be um, uh, that kind of that elimination tournament format has turned out to be applicable applicable to all kinds of different um, game genres, and that's great. Um, and so this this kind of like oh yeah someone breaks through was a cool idea next thing you know everyone's copying it it's nothing new we've seen it in hollywood we but, see it 
um, in all in all different art forms. We see it in video games. The, pro- the 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 reason why it's a little bit egregious, I think, when Fortnite does it, is because when an- when another company copies someone else's idea, it still can it still kind of sinks or swims on its own merits. But when something as when someone as big as Fortnite does it, it's guaranteed to be big, right? Because it's coming off the back of a platform as huge as Fortnite. And if it and, and the real I, danger I mean, is if it actually starts big though. Like Wait, what? I, I don't think this is going to be popular. This is an uh, the the limited time modes, like they don't last very long, they're poorly constructed, like they're not usually fun. This totally makes sense with like the story narrative that they've been building for the whole season about being there being aliens infiltrating stuff. Like we've had multiple missions in Fortnite where you have to run around, talk to people and kind of figure out if they're aliens. So I this is just the like gimmick. Like this isn't them trying to do a like a, when they, you know, like did the battle royale for Fortnite. Like this is just a somebody saw an opportunity with the story they've been building for them to be like, "Oh, it'll be fun to introduce this like story mode or game mode." But like this is not something that's going to stick around. This is not something big like they they wouldn't do it this way, right? Yeah, but, because three yeah, of course because 6 months from now they're going to have the next thing to do, right? There'll be no, another no, no, no. game. No, no, no. I'm, that I'm they talking a week from now this is gone. Like this this oh, yeah? isn't Yeah, the limited time modes do not stay very long. And this does like they're like you. You're talking. I like. I don't. What if it I, were like, hugely popular Fortnite? though? Don't you? Don't you think they would? Don't you think they would change that? Yeah, but it's. I mean, I guarantee. Yeah, if it was enormously popular, I guarantee that they would keep it longer. But I, I can also guarantee that it's not going to be popular, and it's not going. It's not going to be Among Us. Listen, like, it's the, it's going to be their their like you know take on it. And it's it's not going to stick around for very long. Yeah, and the weird thing about it is when you do it in this kind of reactionary way, when you when you copy trends rather than set trends, mm-hmm. you're always a little bit behind the eight ball. Like Among Us, you could you could make again. I don't I don't know what the metrics are, but among, again, at least in terms of like the zeitgeist, what are we talking about these days in video gaming? Like Among Us is already kind of like declining. Like there was like three six months ago, everyone was talking about Among Us. Among Us was like the hottest game out there. Now we've kind of moved on to other things, and Among Us is still very popular, but it's not like the, the the spotlight's not on it to any, anything like it's already kind of waning a little bit and so by the t- and so by the time you get to bring your clone version of it to market people are like eh really isn't that like yesterday's news imposters and tasks and shit and so this is why it's always better to, to try and come up with your own original ideas and set trends rather than chase them i'm yeah, fully aware by like, the I... fact that i'm fully aware by the fact i just i i know i always come across as like the old man uh, shaking his fist at a cloud when I can when I talk about Fortnite, you know I'm not a fan of it, but yeah. I, but I'm also I mean, not 14 also... years old, so it's not you know it's not for me. But um, like Fortnite also isn't the it game anymore, right? Like it, I mean, it's it depends on you define like, it. it. It's still super popular, like sure, super, super popular. popular. I'm, I'm, like I I think that the the, the 14 year olds are playing different games now. I don't know. Last time I talked to like a teenager, they were like, "Oh, Fortnite's dumb," and I was like, "Cool, whatever, get the fuck out of my game." Well, what are they playing? Huh? I don't know. I didn't, ask, I didn't ask him any questions. Fair, fair enough. Kid, you know what I mean? Like, I was not trying to have a conversation. Fair and listen, enough. I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say one. I said it already earlier, but I'll say it again. I'm fully aware of the fact that even among, again, PUBG wasn't the first to have the Battle Royale idea. It took it from Armor 3 and H1Z1. Among Us wasn't the first game to have this idea. It took it from Werewolf and Mafia. And, you know, they probably found it from somewhere else as well. Like, there's, there's almost no such thing as an original idea. The question is, how much of your own spin, how much of your own personality can you put on it to make it feel fresh, to kind of keep it interesting so it doesn't just look like a straight-up clone? Again, the fact that I think the fact that this this Fortnite version does seem to crib so directly from um, again they don't care 
Again, because who's going to challenge them? Who's going to stop them? They are the biggest yeah, uh, kid the, in, the, in, in, the, the on the schoolyard, and no one's going to challenge them. The, the big thing, this isn't them releasing a new game. This is like, uh, like small... It's an event, right? Like yeah, it's an it, event happening, right? I don't, I don't think you can put Fortnite there. and small in the same sentence, though. Everything Fortnite no, does, no, is no, by you can though, huge. in the in the sense that like, it's it's not like they're, this isn't a new leg that they've put out. Like this is just uh, a gimmick that they're putting out there as an option for people to go in and try this different mode, and then it'll go away. Like no modes, modes, even good modes that people like don't stick around. Yeah, I yeah. remember having a similar conversation about some other limited time mode that was a copy of some other whatever else was popular at the I, time. I, I mean, I think it was, it was this exact we'll conversation be, because this yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. We'll, yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, and it will, the time is a flat circle. We'll, we'll be back here again in six months talking about this happening All again. Right. So I want to take a break so I can remind the audience that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. We can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Canva Pro. Making content is an essential part of what I do to keep this show going, but it hasn't always been a seamless creative process. Of course, I just get to come on here and yell at you, but somebody's got to make graphics, lower thirds, little things that pop up and go whoopity whoop whoop. Raj is making stuff right now. Make it go, Raj. Whoopity whoop whoop. How does Raj know how to do that? How does Tim know how to do that? They use Canva Pro. Of course, Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Whether you're a design professional or just getting started, designing with Canva Pro is amazingly fast and fun. Choose from thousands of professionally made templates that are easy to customize with simple drag and drop features or start from scratch canva pro comes with endless premium fonts photos videos and so much more that add personality and edge to whatever you're designing design like a pro with canva pro right now you can get a free 45 day extended trial when you use our promo code just go to canva.me slash kfgd and get your free 45 day extended trial that's c-a-n-v-a dot m-e slash k-f-g-d canva.me slash kfgd our next sponsor well it's hbo max this episode of kind of funny games daily is sponsored by hbo max many of us are plumbing the depths of streaming platforms searching for something new to watch looking for an entertainment fix and if that's true for you boy do i have a suggestion hbo max has same day movie premieres of the biggest movies of 2021 every single month yeah that's right the biggest warner brothers pictures releases will be available in your theater and your living room same day of course we just lived through suicide squad right james gunn the suicide squad uh you know what a bunch of people went and saw it in theaters i stayed home with jen we watched it here on hbo max we had a great time suicide squad and so many others will be available are available whatever you want to say in theaters and on hbo max for a limited time and at no extra charge to subscribers release dates of course are subject to change so get on it and sign up for hbo max at hbom.ax slash kfgd again that is hbom.ax slash kfgd our next sponsor it's kiwico kiwico is defining the future of play by making it engaging enriching and seriously fun super cool hands-on projects and toys designed to expose kids to concepts in steam that science technology engineering art and math are a great resource for learning at home and you might say hey greg miller aren't you about to have a kid that's right person that's why i have my first kiwico crate right here it's the panda crate which of course as you can see right here maybe you can't says ages zero 
to plus zero plus months. So as you open it up and you see, bam, look, today I'm one month old. When you see this on my Instagram, uh, my child, this pillow with the month card in there, you, not only will you know how uh, many months old my child is, you'll know KiwiCo. KiwiCo wants kids to be fearless innovators and design projects to help them develop that muscle. If you want to sign up, for KiwiCo, it is simple. You can do it and support us. You can go to KiwiCo.com slash games to get 50% off your first month. That's KiwiCo.com slash games to get 50% off your first month. K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash games to get 50% off your first month. Let me swaddle you. Before that, we're going to run through story number four. Xbox Series X is getting a higher resolution dashboard. This is from Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft is starting to test a, a, a new higher resolution dashboard for the Xbox Series X today. Xbox insiders in the alpha and alpha skip ahead rings will get access to the increased resolution for the Xbox dashboard later today, designed to improve UI elements for 4K displays. Quote, this change means home, guide, and other areas of the UI will be, will be displayed in a higher native resolution for increased sharpness and text readability, says Microsoft's Xbox testing team. Until this new dashboard, Xbox Series X consoles had been running dashboard UI elements at 1080p. Native elements for home, guide, and other parts of the dashboard will greatly improve how the Xbox Series X appears on 4K TVs. While Microsoft mentions a, quote, higher native res resolution for certain elements, it doesn't appear that the entire dashboard is in 4K yet. Gary, was this everything that you noticed? Did you ever take notice that the, that the dashboard was in 1080p and not 4K? Yeah, actually, I remember when uh, the Series X first rolled out, talking to someone at Microsoft about that, you know, because 4K obviously is one of the big buzzwords in this next, in this new generation of gaming. And, you know, 4K, it's like slapped all over the Series X box, just like it slapped all over. Actually, I think, doesn't the PS5 say 8K? Come on. It does say 8K. We, can always smell bullshit. <laughs> We're in the future, when we, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day. Um, but yeah, like 4K, 4K, 4K. But then like the actual, like the front end, like the actual main user interface isn't it, isn't it 4K. Uh, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I was just curious as to why. I remember asking someone at Microsoft about it and they were like, oh, you know, technical things. Um, and there was some reason why they weren't able to do it out of the box. But it's a, you know, it's a nice little feature that they're, they're adding now. I was curious enough about it. That I actually poked around uh, a little bit yesterday with the Insider Hub. Basically, there's a little app you can download uh, from the app from the store uh, that will get, grant you access to like some of these beta features. In the end, I didn't do it because you know they do warn you. There's a little bit of instability, like you know you you know you might see some, again because it's beta. You might see some some technical issues with your Xbox if you're you know previewing uh, beta software. So so I decided you know it's 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 an interface. It's not the biggest. Uh, thing in the world so I'll, I'll happily wait for it to kind of get tested and rolled out to people um everywhere uh but no it's it, it's it's not super sexy but you know it's nice right you want you you know you've got a 4k tv you've got a 4k console you want to see that extra crispness that extra sharpness and text some of the you know the things like text the kind of things that you see a lot of in you know a, a ui front end you you know you'll you'll appreciate it. Well, I'm I'm sure you'll be able to know this stuff, and it'll be a cool thing. The other, I don't know if you touched on it, but if, if that article was the Tom Warren article from the from the Verge yeah. that you were reading from, they also touched on uh, the fact that technically even this Series S could deliver this uh, 4K uh, dashboard as well. It doesn't mm -hmm. do 4K gaming, but it could actually uh, also support a 4K uh, dashboard. So you know it's it's not you know not going to set the world on fire. This news, but it's a nice little thing, uh, and I think you know demonstrates that you know they're continuing to. You know, do a I think a better job than Sony currently of continuing to kind of improve uh, the user experience from the mm -hmm. you know from the front end. 
Now, I want to give a shout out to Shady Marino in chat that says, call me when the 4K ba- blades are back. And it's funny, like uh, playing Xbox 360 backwards compatible games, when you bring up the 360 uh, UI menu, it's funny because I swear that thing is in 720p and it sticks out like a sore thumb. And I would love yeah. them to somehow bring that up to 4K because I think that could look sexy, but that'll probably require actually a lot of work uh, because that was not made. I don't think that was made to be to be ever displayed in 4K, but, you know, hey xbox you guys are doing all you guys can with improving your game so why not you know why not and speaking of xbox story number five 10 more games are getting xbox touch controls i'm pulling directly from nibel on twitter uh who lists out the games the games are hades blood roots farming farming simulator 19 going under need for speed heat uh peggle 2 psychonauts 2 wasteland 2 3 and wasteland remastered gary how does, does that excite you are you into the touch controls for the xbox games no, and I and I've mentioned a couple of times that um it's not for me. I've tried it. I don't like uh there's two things about touch controls that I I don't like. One is uh the controls, you know, because they have to lay, they have to lay like the little kind of control silhouettes over the screen like you know the 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 virtual buttons and the virtual thumbsticks. I don't like that and I don't love my, you know, my thumbs physically obscuring the screen and I and I and I miss the actual tactile sense of pressing a button. I think something gets lost in translation. It's just not as good. Although I did notice that Phil Spencer put out a tweet the other day talking about Hades with touch controls and rec- and, and recommending that as like um, a potential, like a, like a good, a, a good illustration of where touch controls can work really well. And from what I know about Hades and the way the control mechanisms work, I can kind of see that. I think for some yeah. games it works better than others, but I have tried uh, the Xbox touch controls. I'm not a huge fan uh, I, I may, maybe I need to experiment it with a little bit more, but like I would much rather just use a Razer Kishi or a Backbone or one of those little clips that lets me plug, you know, just, just add a regular Bluetooth controller and, and play with real tactile buttons. It's it's not it's really nice to have the option for people that don't have that or don't want to carry around that that that, that um, additional hardware and just want to play on their phone with nothing clamped onto it. Um, but it's it's not it, it's not my I, I I can't believe it's anyone's first choice for how they would want to play a game like that. Now, our last news story, story number six, is a fun one. Of course, kind of funny has been uh, uh, engulfed with Metal Gear Solid hype as we've been playing through on our streams the Metal Gear Solid series with uh, Snow Mike Mike and the one and only Barrett Courtney. Uh, And with that, right, it's fun that story number six is about a first-time Metal Gear Solid streamer who accidentally discovered a bug that got speedrunners very excited. I saw this. Yeah, I'm pulling from Chris Scullion at Video Games Chronicle, and I got a video that, Kevin, if you can wait, I'll read through the article, and then we can watch the video, because the video does have sound. Um, but the article reads like this. Twitch streamer and Yogg's cast member Boba was playing through the original PlayStation Metal Gear Solid for the first time when she was shot by a guard and somehow ended up passing through a door that's normally locked. Unsure of what had happened, Boba was informed by her viewers that she had just skipped a chunk of the game. News of Boba's discovery quickly spread throughout the game's speedrunning community, who confirmed that it was a new gl- that uh, it was a new glitch that had never been discovered. According to the game speedrunners, this new glitch can cut out spe- can cut speedrun times by around two and a half minutes because it cuts out a sizable portion of gameplay what? that's needed uh, to make Snake reach me. the next section. Help. While Boa wasn't sure What's how that? the glitch triggered, speedrunners took to Discord and Reddit to try to try to figure out 
and eventually realized that is performed by making Snake stand against the door at a certain angle and aim his gun at a guard. When Snake is shot by the guard, he moves back a little, and by standing in his position, Snake's hitbox can reach the trigger on the other side of the door that loads the next area. Speaking to fellow Yox cast member Pedgwin after in. the incident, Boba explained that speedrunners have now figured out how to replicate the glitch consistently, making it a reliable way to drastically improve previous speedrun times and making it inevitable that the existing MGS speedrun leaderboards uh, will soon be demolished. Uh, Kevin, you can bring up the video. Go ahead and press play on it. You can probably skip around like halfway. Yeah, I had it going. Oh, you had it going? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's right at the start. See, she goes right. Yeah, she's right there. She's at that door. She's at the the infamous stairwell. And kind of in the style of the game. That's cool. Yeah, right? Isn't that really awesome? Cool. It's super cool, too. Like, the fact that she's playing through it for the first time. And she discovered this thing that speedrunners are going to go crazy for. Right? And that's going to, like, lead to the, the speedrun record being broken. That's such a cool thing. Um, I'm not going to get too uh, judgy about this. Because, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm very big on, like, don't yuck other people's yums. If you like mm-hmm. to put pineapple on your pizza... I'm not going to, that's, I'm going to mind my own business. I, I wouldn't put pineapple on my pizza, but I'm not going to give you shit for putting pineapple on, on your pizza. You should, you know, it's your pizza, do whatever you want with it. It's your video game, play it what, however you want to play it. I'll, I'll just say, I've personally never understood the, or the, the appeal of speed running. I, it, it's, it's an interesting way to play through a game. It's an interesting challenge to set for yourself. How quickly can you play through a game, right? But when you get to the point of like, how quickly can I play through a game by playing as little of it as possible and finding glitches that enable me to skip huge chunks of it? I don't know. I'm kind of a stop and smell the roses kind of guy. I want to enjoy the game. Like just it's the better game, there, uh, Gary. I I guess I guess, but it's kind of like like it's kind of like saying like, oh, how quickly can you jerk off? Or like, how quickly can you fuck? Like you're kind <laughs> you of missing the before? point. If you like, you know, if I if, if it's like, oh, I can climax in thirty seconds, I wouldn't be fucking bragging about that. Like you like that you're supposed to like enjoy it. Like fuck, you want that? You want that shit to last? Yeah, you want, like, if you're fucking... not trying, if every, if every now and then you're not trying, like, okay, how fast can I get this thing out? Like, you're not living, Gary. Let me tell you, just try it at least once. <laughs> It'll change your I life. Mean, I mean, if you're like, if you're like, in, if, if you're in like a real fucking hurry, I I get it. But like, when you, I, I don't, know, I've never, I've never found myself in that particular situation. <laughs> now, like, I mean, you know, maybe. Have you not done? Have you not done like uh, create your own challenges in, in games, like in uh, Mario Kart? Oh, I thought you were going to say create your own challenge and jerking off. I'm so well, glad. Okay, I mean, that too. Uh, that applies, but that's a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, like how like people will play Mario Kart, and uh, there's the game Don't Drink and Drive, where people uh, have to drink a beer and also uh, finish. Uh, a race Mario Kart, but you can't do both at the same time. Like, if you want to drink your beer, you have to, you have to right. put down. Yeah, the I, I think drink. I think crazy shit like that can yeah. be. Like, can I be see fun. on the same level of like I'm and creating one, my like, own. And, I, and once you played Metal Gear Solid through like the regular way and experienced all the content, sure, why not set crazy challenges for yourself? Like, just just like how quickly can I get to the end point in the game and finish it, even if it means finding glitches and stuff like that? And listen. Mario, this this is this is as old as Mario, like warp zones and shit. Like you're just ju- like ma- skipping over massive chunks of content just so you can get to the end. But yeah, for me, like beating a game by playing as little of it as possible, that doesn't appeal to me. But again, speed running is huge. I get it. I'm an old man shaking my fist at a cloud again. I totally understand that. It's 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 not for me. But again, for people that enjoy speed running and enjoy watching speed running, more power to you, Gary. 
I can't wait for you to one day experience the joy of just trying to jerk off as fast as possible. But I can, okay, so here's the so like, like, let's imagine you were like you were like you were really you were really like horny and pent up, right? And uh -huh. you're about to get on you're about to like, get on a like a flight to Australia. It's like fuck, if I don't do it now, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like uncomfortable and all pent up like the whole fucking flight. No, My no, flight's in five it, minutes. It's now start, or guys. never. I mean to contrive really fucked up situations and think like when you would wanna like do it as quickly let's as just, possible. How many years have you been on this earth, Gary? You gotta find ways to spice things up. Guys, let's just, find... let's just let's just let's just walk away. Like there's no reason to be here. If I wouldn't make you uncomfortable, Kevin. I mean, it's just, it's not good content. No one wants to know this. I, fair, I disagree. Fair. I think this is some of the best content you've had on Kind of Funny in a long views time. Views have dropped That's significantly fair. since we started this conversation. I mean, really? Because it looks like we have 20 more viewers <laughs> than we had a few minutes ago. <laughs> if I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software uh, on each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Mm, do 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 yeah. yeah out today we got pile up box by box for ps4 xbox one and switch greek memories of azure for ps5 ps4 xbox series x slash s xbox one switch and pc humankind for pc space invaders invincible collection for switch conquest Ooh. of elysium 5 for pc and mac and then parasite is out now on steam New dates for you, Strategic Fantasy Battler Guardians of Hylor Storms PC on September 29th. I think the actual game itself is called Guardians of Hylor. All the other stuff was just fancy writing that the publish that the uh, marketers put in there. Uh, the Ratchet and Clank bundle uh, is coming to Rocket League on PS5 for free on August 18th. And then also coming to PS to the PS5 version on the same day is a quality mode uh, that will give you 4K at 60 FPS and a performance mode that will give you 120 FPS with 70% of 4K. I didn't even know that was a thing. Holy shit. And then deal of the day for you, uh, coming soon to Game Pass. Today you're getting Humankind, NFS Heat, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and then Jedi Fallen Order. On August 19th, you're getting Recompile, Train Sim World 2, and then 12 Minutes. On August 25th, you're getting Psychonauts 2, and on August 26th, you're getting Mist. Uh, and then Gary, Witta, Ooh. Kevin, Coelho, yes. it's time. The reason why this episode is so special is one of them rotating segments. We got to write it from the one, the only... Kenny Ballou, he writes in to say, today, Tuesday, August 17th, 2021, is the 1,000th episode of Kind of Funny Games oh, Daily. Somebody predicted that, right? One of us Kevin said that it. earlier. Kevin nailed it, but he looked ahead in the dock. You know, I did not. I did not. Oh, did you cheat, Kevin? I did Kevin not look okay. ahead in the dock. I have no qualms being like, I'm going to look ahead in the dock. But like, it was just... We don't celebrate a lot of things, and we hit 900 wow. probably One three months ago. Episode. No, but that, that's a real milestone. I agree. That's, right? that's impressive. Yeah. So, uh, Kenny Blue here has a long write-up that I'm going to read through. I'm going to try and parse down some. Of course, I believe he posted over on the Kind of Funny Reddit, and so you can go over there if you want to check out the full details. But uh, his post reads like this. As I did for the previous 100 episode milestones, I put together some stats and fun facts about the show. Feel free to pare down and then I'll just post the full rundown on Reddit like usual. There have been a total of 121 hosts uh, of the show. For the regulars, the rankings are as follows. Uh, uh, at number one, it's Greg with 634 shows. That is up 45 shows uh, since 900. Uh, at number two, you got Tim with 340 shows. That's up 44 shows. At three, it's me, Blessing, at 251 shows. That's up 55 shows. At number four, Andrea, RIP, at 173 shows. Number five, Gary, at 151 shows. That's up 16 shows. Ooh, so that means 100. I'll overtake Andrea pretty soon because she doesn't do it anymore. 
yeah by the time we get to 1100 you're gonna be number four likely yeah yeah and at number six, we got Imran, RIP, at 99 shows. Number seven, we got Jared, RIP, at 65 shows. Number eight, Fran, with 59. Number nine, Andy, at 28. And then at number 10, we got Danny at 24. And then at number 11, we got Janet Garcia at 13. Uh, so who was, who was above me that's not Andre? Because I'll overtake Andre, but then who's the next one I got a knockoff? It's Greg, Tim, and me. And so... Oh, I'll just... Yeah. I'm, I, I look, I mean, come on. You're the number one, uh, 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 what do we part time host? I'm the, the no, I'm the, no, I'm the okay. number one adopted outsider, whatever you want to call it. Oh, exactly. yeah, the contract that that record is in sight. Look at Andre, I'm coming for you. Hell yeah. Uh, for the guests, Paris Lily, Khalif Adams, and Tamor Hussein have hosted five episodes each. Anthony Gallegos, Chastity Vicencio, Cheeks Jr., Belinda Garcia, Mike Mahardy, uh, Alana Pierce, Austin Creed, and Steve Saylor have all hosted three times. Okay. Anthony Carboni, Christian Phillips, Brittany Brombacher, Kat Bailey, Aiden Strawhoon, David Yagno, uh, D- Nathan Brandt, Odell Harmon Jr., Bruce Green, Victor Lucas, Gabe Patillo, Ben Hansen, Laura Kate Dale, Jason Schreier, Damon Hatfield, and Lucy James have all hosted uh, twice, and then 79 other guests have hosted once. Uh, now it's time for hosting combos. And number one is Greg and Tim with 146 shows total. That's up 10 uh, since the last 100. Number two, Greg and Andrea with 121 shows total. And number three, Greg and Gary with 105 shows total. Oh, I'm coming for that record as well. Dude, you're going to be number two number two soon with Greg and, uh, Greg and you. And number four, it's Tim and me with 82 shows total. That's the largest jump since uh, episode 900 with plus 26 shows. And number five, it's Greg and me at 72. Number six, me and Emron, 43. Number seven, Greg and Sherrod at 29. And number eight, Greg and Emron, 24. Number nine, Andrea and Tim at 23. And then number 10 is Greg and Danny at, at 20 shows. Uh, and it goes up to 20, but you can find that on the Reddit. There so, how many four- we, so did I miss how many you and I have done? Uh, you and I have done 11 shows total. Oh, Not nearly good. enough. Not nearly enough, though. No, I agree. Many more to come, I hope. There have been four KFGD shows that were more than two-person hosts. The first two were three host shows uh, where Greg, Andrea, and Victor Lucas, uh, then Greg, Andrea, and Tim hosted on May 18th, 2018. There was a five-person host show on July 23rd, 2020, when Greg, Tim, Blessing, Andy, and Snowbike Mike all joined together to host after the Xbox Showcase. The latest, the latest was a three-host show with Greg, Andy, and Snowbike Mike on June 10th, 2021. The show is run by one of the hosts who reads the Roper Report, segment transitions, etc. The ranking for this is as follows. Number one is Greg with 610 shows. Number two is me, Blessing, and 193 shows. And number three is Tim with 81 shows. Number four, Andrea. Number five, Imran. And that's followed by Jared, Fran, Janet Garcia, Snowbike Mike. And then at number 10 is Nick, Paris, Danny, Chastity, and Cheeks, all tied at one, one show each. Mm-hmm. For some advanced metrics, the rankings for the percentage of shows run to shows hosted. Actually, I'm going to skip that one because that is very granular. <laughs> but thank you for that. Uh, rankings for who has done the sound effects for the shows. Uh, Kevin is leading uh, at 698 shows. And number two is Barrett with 180 shows. Number three is Cool Greg at 91. Number four is Andy at 16. And then at number five is Joey at 12 shows. Holy and shit. Then- Kenny Blue introduces a new stat as requested by Strike Burst AZ on the Kind of Funny subreddit after episode 600, but it took him a while to actually get this together. There have been a total of 4,733.1 items on the Roper Report 
What? 4,733.1 items on the Roper reporting. The, uh, Kenny Blue adds, don't ask how he got the point one on the end. Some interesting tidbits. Greg has run the show uh, 610 times, but has only announced the number of items on the Roper report 606 times. He forgot to say how many four times. Uh, the first show uh, on June 19th, 2017. The third show on June 21st, 2017. Uh, and then also on the same year, June 26th. June 26th, and then finally on November 6th, 2017. Greg has had a total of 2,778.6 items total. I've had a total of 1,024.5 items total. Tim has had 408. Imran has hosted 138.5, and then Jared has hosted 135 uh, items on the report. The list goes on, but again, find that on the subreddit. Uh, for average items on the Roper Report, uh, Jared has the highest average with an average of 5.9 items per show. Uh, Janet has an average of 5.8 items. Uh, I have an average of 5.3 items. Tim has an average of 5 items. Imran, 4.8. Uh, Fran, 4.6. And then Greg has an average of 4.6 average items on the Roper Report. Uh, Jared leads the most items on the Roper Report with 13 in one show. That's, that's the only actual Baker's Dozen. Tim... Uh, Tim's most items are number 10 on a show. I've been number nine, tied with Greg also at number nine, and then Janet at number five uh, has seven items on the Roper Report for the most. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to scroll through because there is so much here. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm going to read more? There's Dude, Kenny Blue went in depth with this. I, 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 I can only imagine like how much time must this have taken to compile all this data? Kenny Blue is a dedicated, kind of funny best friend. Dedicated for that. Committed. Absolutely. Well, dedicated. She fucking should committed. be committed. <laughs> Kenny Blue uh, writes this or continues with this, I should say. Incredibly, there have been a total of 353 shows since the last show in the studio. Sad face. That means over 35% of all the Kind of Funny Games daily episodes have not been done in the studio. This stat amazes me the most to keep updating. Since the Patreon post shows were added in January 2020, there have been a total of only 14 shows of the 403 total shows without a post show. There was even one infamous post show where the only thing recorded was Barrett's voice. It was a thrilling post show, <laughs> lol. <laughs> we love you for that, Barrett. A couple of cool logos have been introduced lately on the show. July 22nd, 2021 introduced the Tim slash Tam logo. August 19th or August 9th, 2021 uh, introduced the Garcia slash Gettys information squad. And then August 10th, 2021 introduced the Witta Tuesday logo. On nice. The on the March 29th, 2021 show, Greg's, uh, Greg's blinds from his window uh, fell to the floor with a crash. The April Fool's Day episode of 2021 was one to remember with segments with segment changes from Roper Report to Cortez Minute, along with the two minute special or sorry, along along with two special hashtag K, or KFGD top five lists. I see what's going on there. Uh, two special KFGD top five lists uh, as Andy's top five animals and Andy's top five celebrities in video games. On May 26, 2021, Blessing announces there are seven items on the Roper Report. Tim interjects to add an eighth. It's Kevin's birthday. <laughs> On June 10th, Greg was broadcasting from L.A. in his hotel room due to E3. Little did he know that Andy also decided to have a remote broadcast from L.A. as well, reporting live from the streets of E3. On June 30th, Greg announces that he's going to send cake to Tim and Blessings to celebrate their birthdays. Two days later, while enjoying said cake, Blessing decides to criti criticize Greg for not making his cheesecake. In maybe the most improbable move of all time, on July 9th, there were two instances of the Roper Report jingle by Kevin. Guest host Patrick Shanley had requested a second one. 
On July 15th, another first for KFGD. The first time there was ever a pre-show instead of a post-show. On July 23rd, Kevin's mic was muted for the audience for the Roper Report, so there was no jingle broadcasted for the Roper Report or the Baker's Dozen. On July 30th, the guys attempted to permanently blind themselves by increasing their ambient lighting levels all the way up to 100%. While the future of the dress code for the show was discussed on Friday, August 13th, will there be casual Fridays? Will there be formal Fridays? Greg has now dressed down for 260 of his 634 show appearances, not including Christmas sweaters or Ghostbusters uh, costumes slash outfits. He has only dressed up once during the pandemic work from home shows. Congratulations on making it to 1,000 episodes. It seems like just yesterday you guys introduced the show and I started making this simple spreadsheet to track who was on the show. I believe it's grown into a tentpole show for you guys and my spreadsheet My spreadsheet is obnoxiously huge uh, and laggy now. LOL. I can't imagine. Holy shit. Your, your PC is probably just hanging in there barely. Thank you very much for all the hard work you put into the show every day. As I've said before, for someone with a desk job like me, this is the perfect show to keep me entertained. Here's to the next 1,000 episodes. Uh, heart emoji, Kenny Ballou. Kenny Ballou, thank you so much How for that How does this guy have time for a full-time job and this? Like, I feel like compiling these stats would be a full-time job. I mean, like, I, I can't even – I would love to talk to this guy about what went into the research to combine compile all that data it's remarkable we have to reach out to kenny blue sometime to actually talk to him because yeah it is incredible the work that he puts in into the spreadsheet and that is with me not even reading the entire thing there are still stats in there that i didn't get to because we will be here all day uh and so now, shout out and thank you to kenny blue absolutely in, 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 in remar remarkable work and not at all uh concerning um now here's the thing <laughs> that was a remark that was a really really impressive uh, quantitative analysis of the history mm -hmm. of Kind of Funny Games Daily. What I would like to see as a follow-up would be a qualitative analysis. For example, oh, top, no. top 50 all-time greatest Kind of Funny Games Daily show moments. I Because I feel oh, yeah. I would dominate in that, in that analysis. You would, Gary. You would, because you are a, you are a very, uh, you have a good dynamic as a KFGD co-host, because you bring the hot takes, you bring the bits, you bring that, you bring what everybody loves to KFGD. I would argue that me and Imran have had plenty of great moments, especially with our chicken sandwich rankings. You know, I mm -hmm, think we'd be mm -hmm. up there. You know, Tim doesn't bring much to this show. Uh, I'm sure Greg would have a few moments here and there. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love, I would love the qualitative. Tim doesn't bring KFG much to the show? Is this, the start, is this the start of like a blessing Tim beef? Because I'm here for it. No, I could, I could never do that. No, of course, me and Tim have the blessed Tim dynamic. You know, we, we, we can't have, have that happen because then Mondays would be awkward, right? If we had beef, we can't, we can't do that. But for now, Gary, we're far into the show. We, we need to transition to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where, which is where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Charles Jacobson writes in to say, Outriders was always online, so you couldn't play it during the server issues. Thank you for that. DJ Starburst writes in to say, uh, Gartenberg's name is pronounced like Hyam. It's Hyam Gartenberg from The Verge. Thank you for that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Nanobiologist mentions that we heard Kevin during the ad read. Maybe we may need to redo it. Oh, Thanks wait, they heard, they, I think they heard all of us. Oh, wow. Uh, I muted everyone. I, I muted you guys. Oh. Then, but I didn't mute myself. I already have notes. Cool guy's going to cut that all out. Everyone in, in uh, the Twitch, enjoy it. Enjoy oh, yeah. it. That's a shame because I was dissing Kevin pretty good during the ad read. I, would, I was kind of hoping that people would hear that. Yeah, yeah. You were like, oh, Captain, that shit. Gary. <laughs> 
when you're captaining a ship, you're gonna expect some deaths. Okay, that's why they have burials at sea. You know what I mean? I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're not making a great, you're not making a great case for I'm me to saying, be a crewmate on your on the, on the SS Kevin. Every captain loses, you know, a seaman or two. Yeah, the, qu the question fair. is, how quickly can you lose that semen? <laughs> how quickly do the semens get lost? Not All right, guys, Plus, come on. <laughs> one more you're wrong comes from Nanobiologist who says, Gary just mentioned PS5 can do 8K. Xbox Series X's box also advertises 8K HDR. Uh, so that's a you're wrong for Gary. Me and Gary plenty, of, plenty, of, plenty of bullshit to go around. Come on, 8K, give me a fucking break. <laughs> The rest of this week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are tomorrow. You're getting Janet question mark and Andy. I know we keep saying Janet's gonna be on shows this week, but Greg keeps not following up with Janet, ask if she's free, which is why she wasn't on today. But uh, I think that's the plan right now for tomorrow is Janet and Andy. So look out for that. If you're watching this live right now on Twitch, after this is Mike, Andy, and Nick playing Naraka Blade Point. You can catch that stream later uh, on oh. YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Plays. Yeah, I saw Andy Cortez playing some of that on his stream the other day. I want to try that out because that game looks really fun. Yeah, it's got like kind of a Ghost of Tsushima, Sekiro kind of yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, but it's a battle royale. Remember, oh, this cool. has been kind of funny games daily. Is it Each cool, and every day. Is it cool? I, I mean, it's a, it's a cool idea. Samurai battle royale. I mean, that's why I'm playing We it. could talk about it in the post show, guys. All right. Are we having a post show? I, I, was, I haven't read your, uh, <laughs> your, your Slack, Barry, but yeah, it sounded like you were like, yo, we might be going long for a post show. Uh, and so we... I, Actually, let's call it now. Barrett, should we have a poster or no? What, what, are, your th what are your thoughts as a producer? Well, yeah, I slagged you that to me because I know the Jabroni boys have been waiting for a while because y'all went way over. So, oh, they, those they poor got Jabronis the working and stuff. They they needed the time. To you know what? Though this has been a good show. This when when you're on a roll, when you're providing premium content, you don't you don't cut bait. Mm -hmm. You, you got to keep mm -hmm. going. You got to keep going. You can't. Cut you got to go bait. where the premium content. And takes that's you. why the post shows uh, exists. You know. Yeah, we're gonna have let's let's have a shorter post show because we've given the people so much, but we'll we'll still have a post show. Just so do your job, you know what I mean? Get that post show out. I don't want a fifteen on the marker. Uh, each and every weekday later. live right here at twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. <laughs> we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the server level patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>